This is your life, God's truth, your QFM. It's Phil. Mike is back, and he's here, too. How are you, sir? I'm good. Thank you for having me back. Oh, yeah. And Pastor Gus is back as well. And uh, how you doing, Gus? Excellent, my brothers. Good to hear from you. And uh, yesterday was kind of funny. I was talking about War Road on the air last night. They uh, opened this 37-mile ice road that goes from Warro <laughs> to the... Line, but yeah, it's awesome. I run on it. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever driven that? I That would freak me out completely to take that trip. 37 miles. It takes two hours, you oh, know. yeah, you're talking about a different one. Yeah, you're right. Yes, they did. They opened that up to the angle, yep. It's uh, only the second year. They did it last year because of the whole border thing, you know. And uh, if you want to take that trip, it costs you 250 bucks. Did you know that? that the, no. This goes yeah. across the ice? Yeah, it's a toll. A $250 toll to take that road. 37 miles to go from War Road to the Northwest Angle. And, uh, uh, well, well, it costs a lot of money. The money then. <laughs> well, yeah, it costs a lot of money to uh, upkeep it, uh, plowing and so forth. And I was thinking about it because remember how windy it was last night. Can you imagine yeah. being 20 miles out on that road last night? In that in that uh, wind and crowd, nope. <laughs> yeah, that's like death, man. Well, they there's people saying it reminds them of like being on Antarctica. You know, I sure. mean, you're out, you can't see nothing except you know white. So it's pretty crazy. Anyway, yeah, the first year I was here, which was 21 years ago, I snowmobiled across the lake up to the angle for lunch and came back again. That was crazy. <laughs> You've got to be kidding. I just, yeah, I borrowed a guy's snowmobile, and I had to buy a snowmobile helmet because I didn't have one, and I just thought, well, this is what people do in war roads, so I guess this California kid is going to do it. <laughs> wow. Uh, so like 37 miles then. Yeah, she... yeah, it was, well, it was and, awesome. And guess what? It, uh, speed limit's only 20 miles an hour on that high, on this ice road, oh, really? too, so... That's why it takes a while, but anyway. I there's no cops out there. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, too. Well, I wanted to pick your brain on that a little bit. It's kind of a fun thing, the ice road. All right, uh, we're going to talk about pastors. You are one. Hey, I, I, I know one of those. Yes, yes, you do. <laughs> you know a lot of them, you know. And it was just interesting because when Mike got back today, we were talking about pastors from a certain perspective, a certain group of pastors. You've got this pastor in Chicago who is being quite an example. He's up on the roof of a warehouse or something for a hundred days, bringing awareness to you know a lot of the issues in Chicago, and he's raising funds for a community mm-hmm. center. You've got all these pastors that joined together last Sunday to kind of protest but speak out about this new Canadian law uh, we talked about that on the air a, a little bit, but basically you could go to jail in Canada now for five years if you speak out against LGBT or if you get involved with conversion therapy. I don't, had you heard that, Gus? You know, I know that these things are coming down, but I didn't, I, I don't know that, is that actually a law? It started like, January 8th in yep. Canada. January yep. 8th. If yeah. you say homosexuality is sinful... Not you, that part. It's it's the conversion therapy part. Oh, if you help somebody <clears throat> leave right. unwanted same-sex attraction, yeah. well, then I guess you're going to have to do it underground, because yeah. I counsel people, I wouldn't say frequently, yeah. but I counsel people with unwanted same-sex attraction, and just keep it quiet, I guess. Well, but it, it's terrible that they're doing that. Yeah, and, and then you've got things like Sanctity of Life Sunday was last Sunday, and... 
pastors are called upon there. I mean, you guys are pulled back and forth. Mike, you had an article of there's a lot of pastors that you know that are being uh, you know we're being critical of them because mm-hmm. they're sort of even evangelical. They're kind of classified as woke now. And uh, what is you saw a documentary? What's it called? It's so called critical of who? Well, um, a lot of us in you know evangelicalism are being critical of these pastors. You know, um, Russell Moore, for example, Andy Stanley. You and I have talked about that, Gus, before. Because uh, what's the name of the, this uh, documentary? Enemies Within the Church. Enemies Within the Church, you know, uh, leading oh, people that's astray. Pastor Kerry Gordon. Yes. The one that, yes. Yeah, he's a, uh, I talk with him fairly frequently. He's from um, Sioux City, Iowa? You talk yeah, to him, huh? Yeah, Sioux City. He's a great man, hey? He, he did an, ap- he absolutely blew me away in this documentary, uh, Gus. In fact, my wife and I and daughter and son-in-law watched it over the week, and I had a really difficult time getting through that thing. Yeah. Because it was just so like, are you kidding me? Some of the things you heard oh, were hard man, to take. It know. was hard to take. I got to see it then. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, you can order it on uh, Olive Tree Ministries. How did you get connected with him, Gus? You know, that's a long story. Okay. But basically, uh, the quick story is some people broke down there who were delivering stuff to me, and I called around to get it stored in a storage place, and that guy had Carrie as a pastor, and I had already known Carrie from the Protect the Gospel days, Mm. and it's just amazing. So we kind of reconnected, and and, uh, we've chatted ever since. Well, that's that's neat. And, you know, the reason we're talking about this, it's got to be quite the, uh, the deal to be a pastor in 2022. I mean... Maybe it's been similar over the last number of years, but we're involved in such a battle, a spiritual battle. You know, we're heading into, you and I have talked about the, you know, Bible prophecy, things like that. You hear stats of many pastors are, you know, tempted to quit and, you know, things are so difficult and divisive. And, you know, do you go to college anymore to be a pastor? Uh, You know, what are you hearing? I mean, it's got to be quite the occupation these days to try to shepherd people with everything going on. What's the greatest gig in the world? I only work one hour a week. Are you kidding? It's (laughs) awesome. (laughs) Of course, that's always the joke. But um, I have said for years, as a pastor, I have to be a theologian, a marriage counselor, an economist, uh, you know, a physical fitness instructor, a historian, uh, now, because of COVID, I have to have a medical degree, too, you know. Um, we've just gotten to the point where we have to wear so many different hats, and it is exhausting. And I would really love, I think most pastors, all they really want to do is take care of people, preach the gospel. But now we have to just know so much about so many different things, and I really wish people would give us more of a break, you know, <laughs> because yeah. what I mean by that is any given Sunday, I'm going to have people say that was amazing message. And I might have a couple that say, I don't know if I agree with that pastor. Mm-hmm. But you let know? me ask you and, this. If, if preaching a message uh, on the Bible and, you know, talking to a few people throughout the week or counseling, whatever, uh, I mean, is that enough now with these massive issues 
going on and people look to the shepherd, you know, the leader. I mean, pastors, whether they have the personality of a leader or not, they are a leader of a flock of people. And uh, I mean, hasn't the job description really kind of changed, especially in these last couple of years? Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's not enough. Like, listening to your pastor is not enough. Like, you cannot be a healthy Christian by just listening to a pastoral message once right. a week. You know, that's just not even possible. It's never been possible, you know, for sure. So, but the but the changing, you know, over the last couple decades, basically, the changing of the pastor has been, well, we hire this guy to do the work of the ministry. And most pastors are doing so many different things that they can't put the time and the preparation necessary to bring a message from the heart of God. It's a, it's a half-baked microwave message instead of a slow-cooked crock-pot message, because they're too busy cleaning toilets or shoveling snow or even doing counseling. Um, but if everybody listening right now could basically go to their pastor and say something to the effect of, what can I do that you do that you're not, you don't even like, you're not gifted at, but you have to do because you're the paid guy at the church? Mm-hmm. And if you could free some pastors up to really spend time with God, study and research and prayer, you're going to get better, more impactful messages from the pulpit every Sunday morning instead of these, you know, barely researched you know, half-baked messages that don't go deep. Mm-hmm. Um, and those pastors that can bring those kind of messages generally go to bigger churches because there's so many other people that can do, you know, the toilet cleaning and all the other stuff. It's just, it's those pastors that have about 40 people in their congregation that have to print the bulletins, do the greeting, preach the sermon, and, oh, you know, lead worship yeah. all on one Sunday. And I just think it's incredible you should be paying that man $150,000 a year. <laughs> well, you know, there's other things, though, that I think a pastor should utilize other men and women in the church to lead on. And I, and I know Mike's going to weigh in on this, but you, oh, let's take this guy in Chicago, Pastor uh, Corey Brooks. You know, he's being an incredible leader, not only at his church, but throughout that whole city by doing what he is doing. He's going up on a roof for 100 days and he's calling to attention these major, major issues facing that, not only that city, but frankly, the whole country. Now, not every pastor is going to do that, although you were up on your roof just last year. Just kidding. <laughs> not for no hundred days, man. That's <laughs> I know. The prison sentence. But, Yikes. but there are these major issues now, whether it's, you know, educating kids or something where you want the uh, righteousness of God's word to get involved in. And uh, I know, Mike, you're passionate about family and men's issues and things like that, where pastors need to let and, and let other guys in the church or, or women get them in a place of leadership where they can address uh, some of these issues where the church itself is doing more than just sitting there waiting for the pastor to do it. Isn't that kind of what yeah, you're thinking? I don't think any pastor would ever, like unless he's some sort of control freak or something, I mean, most pastors are screaming for people to do this and to get involved and to, to step up, step up to the plate, swing the bat, you know, 
you volunteer to do something, serve somewhere. We just, you know, we're screaming for that. Yeah. Like, and that's what you want, time. too, Mike, right? I know, to yeah, get I mean, other people in the church. Because you can't expect the pastor to do it all, you know, and to lead on every one of these important issues happening. Yeah, because what after I watched this documentary, it I mean, this, this Kerry Gordon has lost parts of his church because of what he's done. Because what he's calling being outspoken, being calling out here. Because Gus, just to, I, I just want to bring it around. I, I get what you're saying, but what we're what what this documentary showed me is that all of these big, large pastors, big the, churches, yeah, Andy Stanley's, Russell Moore's, the Wallaces, the Southern Baptist Convention was a total freak show, and um, these guys are watering down the gospel. To the point where um, I listened on this documentary, J.D. Greer, and he says, we are to whisper about sexual immorality because God wants us to be more loud about our social injustice to people, about our pridefulness. That's where God wants us to be today. He said that. And I'm like, Whisper about sexual immorality? It's the number one thing that's causing this world to just go to the pot. Because it is. Yeah. And and, and yeah, so definitely I'm definitely he's made a mistake. He he know, well, really. he's made a few of those mistakes. Well, that's, he's no longer the head of the Southern correct. Baptist. <laughs> so when you look at those things, these guys are just falling away. And that's what that's what Carrie is bringing in this documentary. And if we don't do something, if we leave it unchecked, it's gonna wokeness is gonna destroy yeah. the church. It's gonna just totally destroy. It. He made a comment, Gus, about about uh, Christian colleges and seminaries and things like that. And he said one of the guys in the, in the documentary, I can't remember his name. Sorry, Kerry was interviewing him. He said, "No, no, no, no. I would rather my children go to a public college because I know and they know where the wolf is." They can see the wolf. They can decide and choose how to handle it. Yeah. But if they go to a Christian school today or a seminary today, kind of disguised, it's shepherds <laughs> in sheep clothing, and wow. they don't they don't see that. And I I mean I looked at Jackie and to me that just blew me away. Yeah. And he gave names of schools. Well, I think what you know we're almost talking about different things here to a certain extent. But the bottom line where I am trying to get to is that we have to help our pastors so they don't throw up their hands and fall into that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, you know, where we as people who go to church, you know, if there's an area we feel passionate about, we can go to your pastor, talk to him and say, you know, I, I, I probably could help you in this area, you know, or where are you at with this? And, you know, are we speaking up, uh, up enough about these issues in our church You'd never want to take the place of preaching the, no. you know, the gospel no. and getting into the word. But the word has a lot to say about all these things, Gus. And, and uh, we need to come alongside our pastors to help out with all these issues so they don't, you know, I was reading stats where um, there's a lot of pastors that kind of want to quit, you know, and then there's a shortage of guys going into ministry because things are very complicated right now. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, uh, it can be a very thankful job, but it can be a very um, criticized job. You know, yeah. it, it really is because religious uh, instruction 
is so debatable on so many different issues that you just you always have somebody that is going to disagree. But those of us yeah. that that do an okay job don't care who says that was awesome or who says that sucked. All we want is to correctly divide the Word of God and bring it like He is our only listener. And I'm not saying that I don't get sucked into pride when I give a good one, or (laughs) I get sucked into even pride when I give a bad one, you know, like trying to defend myself or something. Like, that has happened to me for sure. But I can't allow the attaboys or the that was a bad message to influence me for too long. I just have to be convinced by the Spirit of God that what I say is what He wants me to say, and I allow the results to just go off my back. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and Kerry, he, he kind of said that at the end, and he gave a, wow, he gave a 10-minute end of documentary sermon. That was just unbelievable. But he said that same thing in a different way, Gus, but he did say, as long as we're speaking truth from the pulpit, as long as people are hearing the gospel mm-hmm. as written, we should be okay. And, and he's seeing a change. He's seeing some of his, some p- new people come back because the church is growing. And uh, I've seen, you know, Katie's church left the harvest and changed, mm-hmm. and, and they're growing now because they're speaking truth, just like you said, Gus, and they're not worried about Oh, Phil, you didn't like the sermon, huh? Yeah. You know, they don't get into that. They preach truth. Yeah, and it has to be more than just speaking. You know, that's a, that's where it kind of starts, Gus, with the message and so forth. But it's the doing in your community as well to back up what you're saying. And I, I think, don't you think that's really getting even more important than just you know, because otherwise people drive by your church. If you're in there speaking, they have no clue what you're saying. No clue, yeah. You know, but it's yep. what you're doing as well, loving your community and leading and doing it in a loving way, but but yet being bold and, and again, leading, like this pastor up on the roof, for crying out loud. Right. You know, people are seeing this all over the country, and, you know, he's saying good things, but he's actually doing something. I think that's just so important. As we got to wrap up, but your final thoughts here. Final thought is absolutely. Uh, faith without works is dead. So you got to do some stuff in order to show that you got faith. And we don't earn our salvation, but we certainly can show it. Yeah. And we've got to help our pastors with this. You know, if you don't have an active men's group in your church, get that. I know that really helps you, Gus, the guys that you have. It's amazing. And our guys are fantastic. Yes. Listen, hey, shameless plug here. We're doing a men's conference April 1st and 2nd. There you go. Okay, sounds good. That, that is coming up, and more details to follow. But okay. All right. Awesome. Well, it just, you know, there was just so much with pastors lately. I wanted to touch on it here today. It's, you know, some good, some not so good, but we all need to do our part as we try to keep the church going down the righteous track, you know. And, Amen. And doing what we're supposed to do. Thanks, you guys. And this is your life. It's your yeah. turn. Yeah. Oh, we're doing that? Yeah, huh? we're out of practice. Okay, but, well, you yeah. did that before. Okay. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> this is your life. God's truth. Your QFM.